Alexa, what time is it? It's 6.27pm. And welcome to the Pompey Politics Podcast. Blue and yellow till we die. I'm Ian Tiny Morris. And I'm Simon Sansbury. Hello. So here we are, the last episode of the season. Yeah, we're going to go into a recess. Yes. That's what we do, isn't it? Well, we haven't yet. We didn't bother to last year, but there were, you know, some things going on. So this year's been really boring, hasn't it? So nothing's been happening politically this year. So we, um, no, you know, a bit quiet. We don't, we don't need to, we don't need to worry about that. There's bound to be nothing that happens. But yes, we're going to go into a recess for a little bit and um, and come back refreshed. Yes, um, full of pith and vinegar and vim and vigor. Um, yeah, if that's if that's what you want to call it. Um, well, I think so. If you um, if you like, so we've got we've got a packed show. I noticed my end of the stream seems to be really really um, really really blocky. Are the people watching? Are we okay, or do we look like we made a Lego? Problems with your stream. That is what we are. It's somewhere <laughs> in between. How can we be wrong? Is that a, is that a song or something? That's uh, Diamonds in the Stream, mate. It's a classic. If you say so. I, di- I, I didn't. Um... How's your week been then, Simon? Um, well, Tuesday was a bit busy, but we'll come to that in a minute because that was basically oh, yeah. I, I spent... Yes. Long day, I endured, overtime. Yeah, I endured the full nine and a half hours of the full council meeting. Was uh, it like nine and a half weeks? Uh, no, it was slightly it, different. It, it, it no, there were there were many many ways in which it was different to nine and a half weeks. So, um, not least of which, Mickey Rourke didn't make an appearance. That was Mickey Rourke, wasn't it? Nine and a half weeks. Yeah, it was Mickey Rourke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God, yeah. I remember going to the cinema to see that with my mate Sean. Um, Those were the days. Um, so uh, yes, um, it seems that the feed is working for our audience. It's just my end; it looks rubbish. So that's fine. I don't need to know what I look like. I, I no, already know it, that I look rubbish. Looks fine to me, mate. <laughs> yeah. Th- um, thanks for that. Um, that's cool. So um, yes, um, we have. Yes, we've got a pack show. We're going to cover the. Oh, sorry, I haven't actually asked you how your week went. Sorry, yeah, mine was mine was oh. fine, apart from me accidentally breaking my last wine glass. First world problem, oh, I know. But there we go. How was your week? Uh, it's a big day today. Got the Lycra back on. First time in four months. Back uh, in the gym. Hour of power. Awesome. Fundamentally awesome. Well, I say fundamentally awesome. Fundamentally, I am nowhere near as strong as I was four months ago, and I may have trouble applying shampoo to my head tomorrow but at least we're back uh, i mean the only benefit i guess is that you don't need to apply that much shampoo to your head no no this is true but no big shout out to the people at anytime fitness costume who have reorganized the gym booking system online to keep numbers low there were just five of us in there today um hand sanitizer as you walk in anti-back wipes and everything everywhere no they've done a great job getting it back open so uh, no all good Okay, well, that's um, that's really good to hear. I'm glad that you are um, that you are back in the world of the um, of the gymming, because I know that before you were really upset by that. 
um, and it was re you were really feeling the effect. So yeah, um, it's the I'm it's glad. the only and again it's it's the only bit of COVID that as we left the gym four months ago, uh, I I proper shed a tear. It's it's only a little thing, and again, you know, for most people it'd be like really, but no, it's um yeah at the moment uh, I've got to go in tandem with uh, with my oldest lad because um, obviously you don't want to get Millsy into the mix, but um, hopefully in a few weeks' time we'll be able to go back, just me and my dog. So, uh, yeah, all good to look forward to. You don't put Millsy on the treadmill, right? No, no, he just he lays in the office and everybody makes a fuss for him. So, uh, yeah, oh, he's that, a superstar. That's good then. So we shall try to whistle on because we don't want to have a nine-and-a-half-hour meeting. No. No, we, we bloody don't. Um, so I'll quickly um, say, so we've got um, Steve, Lynn, um, and Jill um, from Andover. That's my auntie Jill from Andover um, joined us. But we are also joined by Councillor Terry Norton. So um, um, who will come up in some of the comments that we make later on, Terry? So I, I'm, I'm sure that's not a surprise. Um, so shall we get on with on this day? Yeah, what happened? So what happened on this day? Um, in 1524, James V was declared fit to govern by the Scottish Parliament. God, I bet they wish they could do that now. Yeah, they'd love one of their own, wouldn't they? Um, so, um, 1790, the US Congress passes the Funding Act of 1790, making the federal government responsible for debts incurred by the states. Mm. Mm. Wouldn't be popular if they I did might, that in Europe, would it? I might come back. <laughs> Um, 1865, the capital of New Zealand moves from Auckland to Wellington. See, capitals can move. In fact, ours has. Um, so we could move it again, couldn't we? Um, 1908, the United States Attorney General um, issues an order to immediately staff the office of the Chief Examiner, which later became the Federal Bureau of Investigation. Ah, oh, bum, bum, bum. That's your old... Yeah. Is that yeah. A, uh, Elliot Ness? I, 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 I don't know. Yeah. And, and I've got yeah. and I've got one more and I've got one more. So 1945, um, after a Labour landslide in the general election, Clement Attlee becomes British Prime Minister, beating Winston Churchill. Yeah, it's still um, treacherous. That was absolutely treacherous, outrageous. What you mean? I'm still not quite sure what happened. I'm must. It's an ominous day in history. I really need to go back and look at what changed. What? What you mean? What the what the benefit was to the country of having of not having a conservative government? Well, I mean that's obviously I'd have to look hard for that. But it's no, effectively you'd think 1945 we had just won. Um, you know, it, it, it seems strange that you should then bin the incumbent government in such spectacular um, fashion. But as I say, I need to go back and do my research and find out. Um, why the mood of the public was thus. Well, it might be that after six years of suffering that the British people decided that it was actually about time that they um, that they that they saw some um, progression and comforts from the hard-won victory of the Second World War and the much suffering and um, death that they'd actually gone through. So, you know, things like a national health service, a welfare state and building a million homes. Um, but, you know, no one wants them, do they? Have you gone all pro labour? <laughs> no, I'm beginning to wonder whether actually the card in my in my wallet actually has turned red oh. overnight. Um, so, oh. okay, so <laughs> so shall we do the full council meeting first? Yes, as I understand, so I mean, you you, you sat through it, but I think the important <laughs> thing to look at is I was even as awake. a manner of running anything, a nine and a half hour meeting 
Oh, just... What was it? 10.30 finish? 11.30. 11.30. It just... There, there were I mean, some, I've, there were some comfort breaks, but they were, yeah, but, they weren't yeah, long. But even so, you can't concentrate for that length of time. It's, uh, know, I, I struggle on a two-hour telecom. That nine and a half hours. Oh, there's got to be better ways to do it than that, isn't there? Which, to be fair, it took them twenty-three minutes to get to a point before they actually started dis- um, discussing anything, which was the written deputations from members of the public. So, um, you know, to briefly kind of cover the kind of the running order. Um, the first part of the meeting, they, um, there's a, there's a prayer said, um, and the, uh, the members actually declare any interest that they may have with any of the issues actually on the agenda so that they, they're saying up front, whether there are a bit, whether there are bits of the agenda that they need to excuse themselves for, um, in order to not take part or whether they've had advice yep. from the solicitor that they can take part. Um, and then you get to the kind of the, the written deputations, as I say, from the public, which is in some way is a bit, you know, these are the these are the written responses from the public that normally would be done in person or, or could be read out if they're written anyway. But because it's done because it was a virtual thing, these were these were actually submitted in writing. Um, but they're done right at the beginning of the meeting. Um, even regardless of the fact that the issues that the um, deputations are addressing are actually something that's discussed six hours later. So the, uh, the purpose of that is for the, for the members uh, of the council to um, pay heed to what that member of the public is saying and actually to hear that and bear that in correlation to their, dis- their decisions based on the issues before them. But it seems kind of odd to have that conversation six out you know a couple of hours before actually they get to anything so we have the written mm. deputations um then there was the public questions so there was a, a couple of questions um asking about recycling rates um and about how much land how much we get how much we send to landfill um and there were some questions about whether we we're on track to um to meet the um the climate emergency target which was agreed by the council last march um in for um 2030 um, so uh, our friend Dave Ashmore gave um, gave some really good responses about that. Um, I won't repeat those responses because we've got so much to cover. Um, but it was good to it, it. It was an example of these were literally yep. questions to the council, and the council was able to make a um, give a direct answer. Next thing on the um, up was the, the, there were two petitions. One was about um, making sure that there's disabled access along the beachfront. Um, which uh, Steve Pitt agreed he was going to work with um, the representatives there and make sure that they're involved in the decision-making processes um, around kind of what's happening and looking what can be done because there's some engineering issues about how you make it possible for people with wheelchairs or even with wheelchairs that they loan that have got like larger tyres, for example, mm. etc., can can make it down to the waterfront and also how that kind of bears into the redesign for the South Sea, um, sea Defences because... Um, um, we don't want half a South Sea to disappear underwater in 20 years' time. Uh, no, we don't. No, no, I've never been anti-South Sea. Um, a nice part of the world. Um, and then the, the other petition was from uh, Pompey uh, Safe Streets campaign. So um, that was the campaign that um, Nick Sebley is involved in, um, who we'd had previously onto the, onto the podcast. But this was um, presented actually uh, by, um, I've forgotten his name, is it, um, Dr. Jonathan Lake? Um, might have got his name wrong, um, but basically it, it aligns to the the points of um, 
asking the council to create more space for um, people to safer cycleways, safe, safer cycling, more walking, more space. Well, yeah, space, space yeah. to be able to walk and pass, um, which is especially prevalent with COVID. Um, more joined up cycleways, which is kind of the key thing, and to make sure that future decisions are. Um, made around um, issues that are going forward are done with those things in mind um, so those were accepted by the council um, uh, la, la, la. I'm going to skip forward a couple of bits um, and then we kind of really got to we got to the meat of the matter which was the motions now forgive me mm. if there are people that understand how this works um, but the motion section which was item 16 on the agenda um, are the issues that are that members have, so the councillors have raised that they want actually discussed before full council. And um, in the same way that issues are discussed in Parliament, those issues are raised. Um, if someone actually wants to submit an amendment, they can do um, in advance. And then those issues are debated and then the council decides whether to accept those amendments or reject them, or the original proposer of the original motion can indeed accept to subsume those amendments into their motion without a vote if they want. If there's no objection, um, then the um, then the chair of the meeting, which is the Lord Mayor, is um, is able to actually ask if there's no objection, then basically a motion will pass by assent. So there isn't a need for a vote, which is something that probably everyone was hoping oh. would happen more, considering how full the agenda was. What do you mean that's rubbish? So it doesn't get to shout division. No, because that doesn't happen anyway. Out and the eyes have it unlock. No, none of that I happens. Miss all that. No, that oh. doesn't. That doesn't happen. I mean, okay. it's nearly as lengthy and arcane and time-consuming as it is in Parliament, but not quite. Literally, mm. um, the uh, the council members are roll called um, in alphabetical order. Um, and asked whether they basically voting for, against, or abstaining either that amendment or that motion, um, depending on which vote is being called at the time. So the kind of the, fir the first um, the first motion that I wanted to talk about was uh, was one from the Lib Dems, which is about carbon reduction. So seeking basically to get the council to agree that um, in future uh, planning that they'd um, that they'd um, basically implement um, solar generation on, on new builds, double glazing or triple where possible, um, and the highest possible level of insulation. So good things that would help reduce actually are uh, carbon emissions, reduce um, heating bills for um, for people. Um, and um, the Lib Dems made an amendment to their own motion because their own original motion um, had, a di had a different target into the one that was actually agreed by um, by the council actually the previous year. Um, so amending it to 2030, which is what was agreed in the um, in the climate change emergency motion. Uh, George Fielding from the Labour had um, submitted a, an amendment to change some of the wording around net zero carbon status. Um, and Luke Stubbs um, submitted an amendment on behalf of the Tories um, to change commit to consider. So effectively taking the tooth out of the bill. Um, there was some conversation about... Um, how that kind of went um in the end unsurprisingly um the lib dems agreed to subsume um the first amendment and the second amendment and then the council voted on the third amendment which was the tory one um and that fell so that didn't go um and then the overall motion passed by assent so 
the council decided with the with Labour voting with the Lib Dems to reject the Tory um, the Tory amendment, and the Tories all voted for obviously for their own amendment. That yep. makes sense so far. So, a bit of, in summary, a bit of to and fro. Yeah, a, a bit of the the, a, the, the, a, tweak, the a bit of tweaking, a bit of attempted tweaking either way. But in the end, you know, it nobody might... that one got waved through as a good thing. Yeah. Um, the, the Tories, the Tories spoke about uh, basically the concern that um, making it too costly for builders to build in the city would um, reduce the number of um, uh, social housing properties that are available and reduce um, sill money. Now, sill money is oh god, um, is it community infrastructure levy? Which is basically if um, if builds need to they actually submit money to central uh, to council funds yeah. which then offset some of the things that they're meant to be doing that they, that they can't do um and hugh mason had pointed out who's on the um who's on the um how on the sorry the planning committee uh pointed out that it's better to set the standards high because actually in planning committee they can agree to allow um odd circ- you know circumstances where you can offset um offset those um those standards but if yeah. you set them low you can't arbitrarily then say well sorry taylor wimpy you've got to build these houses to this standard yeah, that, that isn't in our plan yeah no it seems to make sense i think the, the trouble with planning isn't it is it's always a two-edged sword in our city we are an enormously densely populated city we don't have much spare space but there's the requirement to build more homes and it's uh, and again you, you see it often with the you know the developer doing the but surely if i have to sell these at an affordable price i won't make a crust and my you know my children will starve so uh yeah i kind of i'd see it but you know good everybody wave that through consent yeah yeah the target like it 800 times so then so the next issue um which i won't spend a lot of time on even though it is really important was the motion uh to for the council to agree a covid19 thank you to so to basically thank all of those that have been involved in um helping the city through and continue to help the city through the the covid crisis um there was um amendments suggested uh by councillor terry norton um to add some um add some professions to the list um I think what they what kind of came out in the conversation was the weird thing is if you make it vague and just say everybody that helped us it isn't specific enough but if you start making a list it's very hard then to not actually then leave somebody out inadvertently yeah that is so it's always the way at work when we used to have celebrations for project teams you want to do a nice thing you start listing the people and then somebody looks at the list and says, you put John and Steve on there. How can you leave Sue and Ranjit off? That's outrageous. Outrageous. And you end up upsetting more people than you, you vote. So, yes. as you say, the um, danger is always that you end up with bland. But I, I guess this is the motion where there was the glow of um, everybody agreeing that they were really, yeah. really thankful for everything that people had done, um, whether um, people that worked for the council or the voluntary sector. Um, um both, uh, both Gerald and uh, Donna spoke about uh, spoke about actually that you know the thanks for uh, for those um, and the and that passed basically with assent. Funnily enough, it wasn't something anybody was going to object to. And, and to be fair, like you say, it, it's so important because when you look at the stats for Portsmouth, you know, again, I know it's not a beauty contest, but when you look at the the you know the effect that we've suffered compared to other cities, 
you know, the, the, you know, the council, the voluntary step, all those involved have got to be really proud of the work they've done in that regard. So, no, hooray for everyone. Yay. So well done, and the um, at um, at the, the, the suggestion of Councillor Darren Sanders, um, the uh, the whole council then actually clapped at the end um, of that motion to uh, to you know, demonstrate demonstrate their thanks yeah. um, to all those. So that was a that was a really nice. Um, to be fair, I think that was kind of the point at which the um, the loved up warmness, everybody's in this together, kind of moment. Um, Fell away. That, that was the that was the end of the first act, was it? Uh, yes, it, it was. So uh, so then we moved. But then we moved on to talking about sustainable travel, which was a motion proposed by Graham Heaney from the Labour Party, um, uh, to which uh, the Tories had actually put forward two amendments. Um, one which came from Simon Bosher, which was. Um, basically wanted to add to the lines that um, the council thanks Grant Shapps for the money from the government um, and the uh, commitment to transform walking and cycling. So basically making it a, um, a you know, a, a whole thanks to the Tory government for giving us back our own money. Um, and then the second amendment, sorry, that wasn't, that wasn't, um, was, 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 bitter, my, was my, was my, was my The second amendment, uh, which was from Luke Stubbs, uh, basically, uh, wanted to insert um, at paragraph six um, to uh, to basically have a go at the council's uh, attempted implementation of expanding the cycle route along the eastern road, which had been aborted. Um, so there was there had been a um, a move to use the emergency active travel fund money in order yep. to increase the ability for people to cycle down there by closing one of the southbound lanes, but it didn't go ahead because there were various hiccups with safety and um, Highways England um, had a bitch about it. So um, unsurprisingly, the bit about... um, the bit about um, saying that the Eastern Road thing was a load of... was a a complete ball ache um, didn't pass. But the bit about, um, hey, thanks to Grant Shapps, um, who's on... who's... Who's funny enough on holiday in Spain at the moment? Oh, he's 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 knackered then, isn't he? Well, he flew out on he's Saturday got morning. T- I understand. Two weeks of quarantine agent when he gets yeah. back. How will we survive? Um, so, um, so the the first amendment actually passed with the Conservatives and the Lib Dems voting for it, but Labour voting against it. Um, so, so not all of the Lib Dems are as bitter and twisted as your good self. Then. <laughs> I'm neither bitter nor twisted. <laughs> More um, evidence. I think Simon's going a bit redder in his old age. <laughs> um, okay. I, I don't like blue and red till we die, so we might have to work on this. Well, that, but just, that one got through. That, that just turns out, and and then basically the 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 original motion with the amendment passed by assent. Again, so it's it's not turned too ugly. A little bit of we thought your eastern road plan smelt of we, and I don't mean the French perfume. They said, let's not be silly about that. Let's not put that one in. And away we go. So it's it, it's it hasn't turned proper. It's not turned like Friday night down the nag said just yet. Uh, no. So the so the one that did get really contentious, well, started to get um, quite. I think where party allegiances really kind of um, become became really quite clearly evident was the Labour motion um, calling for basically calling on the council to ask government for money to pay. Uh, to pay uh, council staff £500 each as a bonus for um, working through COVID and to commit to being a living wage employer, um, which means that they pay it and the contractors pay it. 
Oh, bless them. So, um, so there were, um, there was unsurprising party lines um, came out, you know, in, in respect to that. And this one was um, put forward by our good friend, Cal Corkery, um, who wanted to, um, wanted to thank in the pockets and put food on the table of um, the hardworking council staff. Um, so so a, a, a Labour motion to spend a load of money and ask somebody else to pay for it. Oh, Kel surprise. I'm speechless. Let's see how this one unfolds. A um, couple of the Tories um, made similar points to yours about basically how much that would cost. Um, but weirdly using an example of how much that would cost as an increase in a band D council taxpayer. I don't know how many of us know people that are a band D council. Are you a band D council taxpayer? I bloody hope not. Okay. Um, nor am I. See, so, I think. Um, but, um, you know, but... Um, really picking up on those points even though the motion kind of clearly says that actually it was asking for the money to come from central government to be fair um, the Tories pointing out that it all you know tax you know money that's spent by government or local government comes from somewhere and it all comes from taxation yep. um, interesting point that Luke Stubbs was saying that he didn't believe that there's going to be a V-shaped recovery um, and that um, basically this is all coming out of um, you know this anything we spend is, is coming out from somewhere um, and Donna's point being that is it fair to ask uh, council taxpayers to pay for an increase what she called a large increase um, for uh, for council staff at a time when they might actually be staring unemployment in the face basically um, I've paraphrased her words uh, to be no, clear no, but, but, but for me good points um, so with regards to the vote um, so um, oh so the amendment, what amendment was there? Hang on, I've, I've skipped on my notes. So there was a, oh, sorry, there was an amendment from the Lib Dems, um, basically to um, removing something about, because there was something in the, in the original motion um, that spoke to, uh, spoke to the ability of council staff to collectively bargain. And the Lib Dem motion was seeking to remove mention of that so as not to interfere with the existing collective bargaining that goes on on a national scale. Um, Cal didn't want to accept that motion and the amendment was lost. Um, but the emotion overall was carried with uh, Lib Dem and Labour voting for it and the Conservatives unsurprisingly voting against it. So that lot, that went voting. 20. Unbelievable. Yes, yeah, so the, the Tories didn't vote um, in favour of a motion to give council staff a pay rise. Uh, it well, it wasn't a pay rise, was it? It was a, it was a, bun, a bonus. Well, there was the bonus, but then also committing to being a living wage employer, which means that the council... Um, would be committing to uh, so a living wage accredited employer means that um, you also you pay uh, the living wage yourself but you also mean yeah. that your contractors do um, and you insist all your subcontractors do you pass all of the the those uh, expenses on to the council who have to cut other services elsewhere to fund it that's magnificent it's interesting when you, if you go back in time and look at all of the conservative objections to um, a um, a minimum wage in the first place. But you know, there we go. Um, so the next motion was the Black Lives Matter motion uh, from the Lib Dems um, that's proposed by uh, Tom Wood. Uh, so he made a really eloquent uh, speech as to as to why it's an, an important issue and why. 
um, why actually the council should be stand, uh, standing up and um, putting its support um, and putting in place measures to um, to support the BAME community and to actually create equality with um, hard and fast actions. Um, there, the interesting thing with this one is that there was a a motion later on in the agenda by the Labour Party um, that um, that actually is written similar sort of you know obviously obviously yep. the same sort of theme but but written differently um now under rules in the council um the council cannot discuss the same issue within six months um so um if this motion passed then the labor motion wouldn't actually be able to go ahead so um there were two amendments actually suggested uh, for this one uh, one was from uh, judy smythe uh, from the Labour Party, um, adding some concrete actions into the into the motion from the Lib Dems. Um, so you know to work with local BAME groups um, and to make sure that um, information is fed into any subsequent COVID in inquiries, um, and yep. to improve BAME engagement and to ask all councillors to review. Uh, it's basically asked ask cabinet members to review uh, learning and development oblig and ob and legal obligations for council members. Um, which is a interesting point. Um, the Lib Dems in the end agreed to actually subsume those amendments, um, but there was another amendment from Matthew Atkins, um, basically replacing the wording of the entirety of the Lib Dem motion with the wording with a few minor, very minor adjustments um, of the Labour motion, um, which Donna went on to explain later that that was because of the six month rule that they actually suggested that um not that anybody kind of thought that that was just you know being mischievous in any way um there was a debate around this um in which there was um lots of examples actually shared um from councillors like Hugh Mason who talked about the um about the racism that he'd observed on um that had been directed at um at his stepsons um yep. and uh councillor Ben Dowling uh, spoke to his experiences as one of the only two uh, BAME uh, members of the council um, that he'd recently actually in the last three days been told uh, by a member of the public to go back to where he came from. Um, I don't think he meant Milton. No, no, I, I, I yeah. yeah. Um, what, what a what a seventies statement that is. What a, that you kind of you just yes. Kind of put your head in what a what a what a really what a twonk. So. Um, so yes, so um, a discussion ensued about actually the amendment. Uh, Michael Atkins spoke to um, his reasons for his amendment because he, he felt that the Labour motion actually expressed the argument more eloquently and actually put in place uh, more concrete actions, but also that it avoided criticising the United States of America, which the original motion did, um, and commenting on the actions being taken by the President of the United States. Um, and around actually the sale of uh, riot gear um, that's um, that could be being used to um, that could be being used uh, to oppress uh, peaceful protests um, in Portland at the moment, for example. So um, much discussion around that, much passion around that. Um, I won't go into more detail about kind of the, the comments yeah, that there. But... And it's a tricky one, isn't it? Because there is an element of, you know, it, it is an impassioned subject. You know, it, it, your, your, your interpretation of a peaceful um, protest in Portland when 
you know, three federal officers have been lasered and nearly lost their sight. I, I don't see as a as would, a peaceful would, protest. Would those be the federal officers that are there without any without any ID on them and turning up in military uniform? No. Nope. Okay. So, well, e- so even if they were, they don't deserve to be blinded. No, of course they don't. But um, aren't there laws in the American Constitution that um, are meant to be there to protect the public from a tyrannical government? Isn't um, an armed Absolutely. militia um, a, an example of a tyrannical government? Um, Tom Wood, summing up, um, accepted, as I said, accepted the uh, Labour amendment, um, ref- refused uh, Matthew Atkins' um, amendment. Um, one of the other things that uh, Matthew, had, as I said, as I alluded to, he'd pointed out that um, that it was a um, that it was a political point, um, even though there's no mention of the political parties in in the original motion. Um, but uh, Councillor Tom Wood uh, pointed out that yes, it is a political motion because this is a political issue, and there they were, a group of politicians in a political forum discussing political matters, um, and. Um, I think it was Councillor Will Purvis that pointed out that um, not more than a week ago, the council had um, councillors had had attended a memorial for the atrocities that occurred at Srebrenica, um, and therefore, um, not only were you know there was basically a to say that we the, the council shouldn't comment on international matters. Um, was actually something that he felt that the council should actually have a duty to do and a duty to do something about if they could. Obviously, we can't physically do something about what happens in America. But saying that we, you know, that um, that we do or don't agree with that is um, is something um, is something else. So um, the amendment, uh, so the conservative amendment uh, fell because the, conser- the conservatives voted for it, the um, Lib Dem Lib Dem, well, most of the most of the Lib Dems and the Labour Party, sorry, the Lib Dems voted against it, and the Labour Party abstained. <laughs> God bless them. So they were put in a situation of they weren't. I guess they weren't going to vote against installing their own motion as the motion that was being put forward by the administration. Rather than so that's why they probably didn't vote against it. They abstained oh, instead. Or they just can't bring themselves ever to vote for anything put forward by the Conservatives. Um, I'm I, I, even even if it's beneficial. I think that have I, that have that face. Oh, I, 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 I think that's I think anyway, that's a, I think that's a level of cynicism that so the requires Lib, the, the Lib Dem motion plus yes. um, little red sprinkles is now up for. Yes. So um, I'm going to do two more very very quickly. So did, when we... did it then get waved through? Was it assented at that point? Um, so then, oh, hang on, I've turned the page and lost me. I've lost the plot. Um, and there are many that say that that happened a while ago. Uh, la 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 la. Uh, yes, and sorry. Then, then the then the then the original motion with the uh, with the sprinkles got with waved the, through. With the with the Labour amendment was waved through with assent. The next item on the agenda was um, asking for support of the Gender Recognition Act um, and calling into question that um, the consultation had actually took place in 2018. Um, mm. And Liz Truss, the um, government, the equality, sorry, the Women and Equalities Minister, um, said that there was going to be a response from the government by summer. Um, obviously, at the time, Parliament hadn't gone into recess, but obviously it has now. Um, so yeah. that, that, you know, they haven't kept that. 
Um, and the council were asking, basically the uh, Lib Dem motion sought to ask the council to agree um, that it would, um, that it basically would, it, it would um, seek to support the, um, the recommendations of uh, of the um, of the consultation of the Gender Recognition Act, because um, actually the conclusions of which hadn't actually been published, um, nope. although some of it does seem to seem to have been linked. Um, and um, oh, I'm going to Rob New um, spoke um, quite extensively about how um, his experiences of of, um, of actually seeing some of some of that um, some of that comment and how. Um, divisive um, that leaking has been and actually how that's actually not helping the situation and actually setting um, setting Set, kind of setting, side against side. Setting hairs running isn't it there's, yes. there's been a number of speculative does it mean this does it mean that um, and then people have reacted understandably very angrily um, you know based on on you know little information or potentially misinformation so I think it's a fair point yeah, um, the, the the interesting kind of one of his uh, things that he said was some crappy people in Downing Street doing some dodgy things, um, which um, is not a statement that I would disagree with, but it kind of applies to all seasons, I guess. Um, but not, of course, something that Rob would say. Um, Councillor Claire Udy, who had recently, who'd been um, approved um, at, in this meeting as the um, as the council's LGBTQ plus uh, champion. Um, yeah gave an impassioned and eloquent speech uh, basically standing with um, the schools and education directorate, directorate that had been um, that had been uh, because in some parts of the country they've been forced to remove uh, remove the trans inclusion including oh, the trans includence guidance um, toolkit um, and removal of it actually um, threatens the safety of trans teens um, who we must protect and she, she called basically this um you know these basically not you know this issue basically section 28 part two um so it's um there seemed to be actually interestingly enough there seemed to be quite a lot of agreement on this but a difference in the in the language that was that was actually being used and uh, with regards to it um but it was interesting to see um and that motion there was an um, was there an amendment um, but basically, that one that one passed as well um, by assent, um, with the, with the, the, with uh, with a, an amendment being um, subsumed. I think um, Claire had actually submitted um, an amendment on behalf of the um, PPP. Um, so not I might add the Pompey Politics podcast. Uh, no, actually, I've left a P off. Sorry, sorry, Claire and Jeanette. Yep. Um, so. Um, Yes, so the next motion that was on the timetable would have been the Labour motion about Black Lives Matter, which, of course, they didn't need to discuss. But then yep. the, kind of the, I think the last one that I really want to speak about was the stuff, um, was that two of the, um, two of the kind of issues that were further raised were about consultation with regards to, um, with regard to changes um, in, the, um, in the road network. Um, that was the Tories kind of speaking to um, the issuing of some of the th things that the administration had done um, in order to try to increase active if travel. Any, if anything makes this city angry and partisan and snarly, parking and roads has got to be right up there, hasn't it? Uh, yeah, Park, parking is the massive thing. I'm always struck by um, the fundamental um, thing that, I, I see from car drivers, which is that um, 
they all are frustrated by traffic jams. They're all frustrated by not being able to park, but they all want someone else to give up their car. Um, yep. So, um, but most sensible people would probably like to, but want actually kind of a clear path to how they can and it being being something feasible to be able to, to be able to do. Um, so this kind of then started to kind of des- descend into a, into a, he said, she said, um, issue where much, many things were said between, um, between what was, um, between accusing, uh, councillor Lynn Stagg of, sa- of saying things earlier in the meeting or accusing, um, uh, accusing, um, oh God, who was it? Was it, um, Simon Bosher or, um, or Luke Stubbs, um, I think um, was, it was called a liar, which um, offence was taken to, um, at which point the Lord Mayor was trying desperately to bang people's heads together. Um, in the end, there was a... People were really, you know, there was disagreement about the fact lot, that lot some things anger. had been said lot and, a lot, and a lot of anger uh, about it. Um, the point being that um, the point that the Conservatives seemed to be trying to make was that the Lib Dems had used a Conservative Party policy... Sorry, a, a legal framework that's institu- instituted by a, a conservative government as a mechanism by which to put in place the emergency measures that they'd been rec- they've been um, invited to put into place by a conservative uh, minister in a time of crisis, um, and that didn't allow for time for consultation. Where normally, when you put into place anything that involves a road, you would use a traffic regulation order, a TRO, yep. which involves an extensive consultation period. Um, weirdly enough, in a time of crisis and a time when you want to do something now, you don't kind of stop and stop and do that. Um, so, you know, there was some disagreement about whether actually we wanted something to have been done, but we wanted to we wanted to have waited four weeks before anything was actually done. Um, so the concerns there being about you know the, the talk about the thing about Eastern Road and about what's happened at um, at the seafront. Um, so there was. So what was in the interest of time, mate? Yeah, what was the outcome? Where where did we end up? Um. So where did so in in that one it, it kind of like was I, I, I'm sorry I've lost my notes on this one. It was. This is where uh, Councillor Terry. It's getting late by this stage. Well, yeah, they were they were they were getting well into it by this point. Um. Da 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 da. da, da. Um. It was um, passed by um, by passed by assent. So we all got jolly angry. Had a bit of a yeah. and a so, so funny enough, the council agreed that where it where it was possible to do so, they would they would um, they would consult. Um, but the situation, obviously, that's occurred this year, which isn't the argument that actually the council made, was that um, was that this isn't an ordinary situation. No, um, no, and, no, no, no time for consultation. Look, you know, this is where for me, as as you know, I am a balanced, fair, and reasonably just man. Are you? Um, you know, look, you have to act yeah. quickly, close the seafront, get that. I think it's absolutely spot on. Yeah. The right thing to do has been a knock-on effect. You know, has caused some issues. Now, now is the time to take stock and what, reevaluate. What, so was, um, what was? What was? What was? Why we have to have a fight over it? What was quite interesting was the some of the some of the conservative councillors um, mentioned a couple of couple of times that they'd seen online suggestion or they'd seen on Facebook or you know social media that they'd seen suggestion that these these um, things were being made permanent. Um, was that was that the caution puffing again? <laughs> um, 
Um, yeah, uh, was Simon Bosher mentioned something about the information on the Liberal Democrat website and um, and that being put up by the PR puffin in Cosham? Sorry, puff yeah. in Cosham, not a puffin. Um, interesting kind of takeaway um, from that was trying to ex- uh, um, the administration were trying to explain that decisions in that sort of urgency were made as part of gold command so weren't necessarily kind of made in the normal decision making structure um, yep. and um, the leader of the conservative group um, said that um, they wouldn't let um, officers make decisions they would make decisions themselves so they wouldn't they wouldn't listen to officers um, so it kind of got to a bit of you know uh, a bit of grandstanding and a bit of willy waving, um, and at the end well, of it, well, and and, oh, and we discussed this just before we came on air. It, it it feels over the last couple of weeks, and I've seen I've seen examples from all of the local parties that somebody has fired the starting gun for May twenty twenty one. Yeah, I mean, maybe um, maybe the Tories have gone a bit stir crazy in lockdown um and decided yeah, to go well, go I've, fire I've for it i don't some know stuff from your side that i've looked at and gone ah oh, for god's sake really big old yeah yeah what's that the let's set up a trust to have a covid memorial really why is that we need a bad to do idea? that now when we're not out the other side of it so i i've, I've seen some <laughs> stuff that that as i say on I'm, I'm the balanced man i'm the voice of reason here rather than the hot head like yourself <laughs> I think all of the parties have um, are all starting to starting to starting to wind it up a little bit. Um, I, I won't disagree with your observation that they seem to be kind of ramping up to May. Um, Scott Peter Harris has um, has joined in in the um, conversations. He's cheering you on, by the way, um, and defining um, def- basically calling out saying that um, it's called leadership. Um, I don't think refusing to take advice is leadership. That seems to be stupid to me. Um, but nonetheless, um, the the last issue that I wanted to mention in a sentence was a um, was the Conservatives asking the administration to commit to not to change any road names, any building names, or remove any any statues uh, without consultation, um, and then ensued a bit of kind of flag waving um, from um, from members of the council before the administration concluded that. Um, we weren't proposing to do any of this, so yeah, of course we'll agree to not not do it without speaking to people. Okay, thanks. Next, um, so I think that's as much as I dare kind of talk about no, the full council meeting. No, and, and there we were. It's half eleven. Yeah, um, Scott's pointing out that I missed out a motion. Yes, I can't discuss the entire nine and a half hour meeting in a forty in in thirty minutes because we've taken forty five minutes to discuss it. Yeah. So sorry, it's Scott. I've over. had to cut some stuff out. No. So there we have it. Uh, and, and beautifully done, Simon. It's great, great work with the notes, and uh, and you know we've got through in forty-five. We might we might have missed one or two, but it's it, it, it's yeah, nine and a half took, hours of don't fun. Know why it took them nine and a half. So hours. I guess it it leaves us a choice with only twelve minutes to go. I guess we had two other topics, which was the is the NHS for sale, and um, or from Russia with love. We ain't gonna get them both done. You gotta pick one. Um. So, um, listeners, do you want to quickly tell us which one you would prefer to hear about? Because I know, I, I mean, personally, I'd rather talk about Russia with love, the Russia report with love. But to be fair, that's going to be also probably a lot of my voice, and 
some of you might want to hear from Ian. No, people don't want to hear from me. Anyone want it's to... a tag team. You, 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 you've spoken eloquently. At speed. I had a, <laughs> I had a little um, look at the Russia report. Funny old thing, isn't it? Um, I, I guess without speaking to the contents of the report itself, I guess the kind of the setup, so... Um, so Scott Peter Harris just wants to talk about the, the NHS for sale, but it looks like we're talking about the um, um, we're talking about the Russia report, mate. Sorry. Um, That's all right, mate. No, go for it. I'm, so, I'm more than happy with the Russia report. So um, it seems that a report was written that has been sat on for 18 months. Oh, hang on. We got more votes in for the NHS. So okay, we won't talk about the Russia report. I'm gonna let's go with the votes. Let's talk about the NHS. People have spoken. The people have spoken. Are you sure you knew what you were voting for? Yes. Um, <laughs> so come on then, let's talk about the NHS. Is it for sale? No. Well, the answer is it for sale. Um, so this is, comes off of the back of the Clause 17 that was added to one of the transition bills that said we should ensure that the NHS is never involved in any trade negotiations. And Obviously, it was, and, and this happens all the time, um, and it's a it, it's a relatively new phenomenon. But people have realised that it works. Is that you add an inappropriate amendment to a bill passing through Parliament? The people then, the Conservative Party then, uh, roll their eyes, bang their heads on the desks, metaphorically or literally. They then vote the amendment down, and oh boy. The likes of the London Economic and the U38 and all of those rabid lefty sites go within. Here's a list of all the people that voted to sell your NHS, sell all the beloved NHS. They don't care about nothing. They want to give the money to their fat cat mates in the US. Look at them. And then they listed all of the Conservative MPs that voted against it. And of course, this was seized upon with great enthusiasm from those who are certain that all conservatives are sat stroking a white cat in with it's wreathed in cigar smoke just waiting for the next evil plot and so this was reposted with vim and vigor of look 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 the conservatives voted to sell the nhs to donald trump for a pound and it's a nonsense um I don't think that I see. I don't. I, I disagree with the premise of your argument. Um. Um. So, sorry, I'm answering answering someone on Facebook. Um. My question is this: If you don't mean to enable the um the NHS or parts of it to be sold off, or for it to so the motions that were actually put forward were about um. Sorry, the amendments that were actually put forward were about um, excluding um, excluding the NHS by mm -hmm. saying um, that um, that it still retains the control for prices for medicines, um, that yep. control of data um, couldn't be that data couldn't be sold off, um, that quality and safety and health and care services were protected, that NHS staff were protected from wage and terms and conditions cuts um and that the nhs was excluded from what are called inspect uh, sorry investor state dispute settlements so those are 
the things where a company in a third country that you have a trade agreement with can yep. sue your government effectively or your government's organization for harming their profits because of a policy. Um, it was a key part of TTIP, um, which was what um, why it was rejected actually by uh, by EU member states. So, um, so if all of those things aren't They're actually all good things, so if all of those things, things aren't aren't on the table, why not put it into law? What Did we? Was there anything in there about us using child labour or bringing back slavery? No, but then again, you're 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 just being facetious, aren't you? But these are serious. No, I'm not, these I'm are, not these because are, there is an the, element the, of you, you can write those things. So putting them into law would not have bound the hands of any future government. So there is an element of those amendments were not appropriate for that bill. So we're voted down. And you can say, oh, well, what didn't you say? And all right, yes, I've used some facetious examples there. So because, is... the, you know, there is a very, I can't remember the exact wording, but we've been very clear on the manifesto pledge yeah, about the NHS. Um, and you have the situation, you've always this kept is where them. I just don't understand, having worked in the pharmaceutical industry, what people would think, why we would... You know, one of the things she spoke there is about pricing. Mm -hmm. So the way pricing works is pricing is set by the National Institute of Clinical and Health Excellence, or NICE. And what that means is that the UK pays relatively low prices of drugs compared to a lot of the developed world and very low prices for drugs compared to America. But that's, so that's because they have an insurance-based system that drives up the cost for the end user. Want to take that away, so that they would end up paying more for drugs. Um. So, but if we're not, if you don't want to actually do, if you don't want the freedom to be able to enact those um, those changes, then what's the problem in actually not putting those into law? It's entirely irrelevant. It was a, it was a motion about the trade. Um, the trade bills, so it's entirely relevant. It was, it's, a, no, it, was a, it was a motion about the continuity with the EU. Um, so again, so a continuity of actually our, our trading standards and, and our rights. One of the other motions that um, that the Tories also voted down was a, a motion from uh, Jonathan Jongoli, um, that um, so he was a Conservative, um, that requires the um, the uh, basically any free trade agreement to come to Parliament for a yay or nay vote. Um, so the government voted that down, uh, 236 to 263, um, which meant that we're now in a situation where the government will enact a free trade agreement with whoever it so pleases without any requirement to recourse to come to Parliament. I thought we we're supposed to be a parliamentary democracy um, and the government have actually concluded that they'll now actually provide Parliament and the public with less oversight of free trade agreements that were being signed up for than we had when we were a member of the European Union. And it's a perspective. I'll be honest. I haven't. It, I haven't researched what that clause was and why it was voted down. Well, asking Parliament um, to have a to basically um, accept or deny a trade. So basically, the, the motion called in. I won't go into the detail, but the motion, the the amendment. Sorry. Um, called for Parliament to set the parameters of, um, so, sorry, to approve the parameters of yep. the trade deal um, and then to approve the, the resulting trade deal. So basically, 
here's the here's the terms of reference that you're effectively going to operate to and yes we agree with what, you, what you've come back to so why is that a bad thing why is why is parliamentary I, I, oversight of the I, I government a bad thing on simon because to be fair we we didn't i i hadn't picked up on that in the news so there's an element of i haven't looked into it okay. for me at first glance and i'll be honest with you at first glance it it seems like the wrong thing to do but as i say i can't comment on it because i haven't researched it okay but no, and as you see i am now stroking my cat in a sinister way what well, in the way that you're taking over the world but but that's yes, but, indeed but, so in terms of the nhs being for style look mm -hmm. there, there is an element of and i think the, the, the valid piece for me is that the nhs is unsustainable in its current form it's politically toxic to say that because you know it, it get garners such an emotional response but there's an element of selling it off. It's, at the end of the day, ultimately, the government pays the bill for the NHS, irrespective of what colour that government is. And it's a bloody big bill. So what I've never seen, and maybe you can help me out here, is why any government would want to sell the NHS to a more expensive service provider when they're still going to be paying the bill. Um, you understand the privatisation model that said that it would, things would get cheaper by putting them out to private tender and private companies and how that's kind of worked for a bit, but then didn't really work for the energy industry and worked for a bit. Yeah, and didn't really, that, that didn't really work for the rail you know, network. Again, so, but this again is where, you know, people say, oh, well, you know, they've, you know, giving out these fat, lucrative contracts. Well, how did that go for Carillion? Um, yes, and then the council taxpayer actually um, ended up footing the footing the bill for the for the issue yeah. of um, of a but, of a poorly organised contract. Is a similar shambles, isn't it? Uh, well, yeah, PF, PFI is um, is kind of an interesting situation of um, you know, to be honest with you, from just for jogging people's memory, PFI was the um, private finance initiative where it asked companies to lend effectively the government money in order for basically to for them to pay back money to use that so it helped with the building of schools and hospitals for example um, which is yep. weird because governments can borrow money a lot more cheaply than companies can um, but it was something that was started under the major government and then really ramped up under, under the Tony Blair government um, so I guess kind of re returning to the fundamental point and I know we haven't really kind of cover the technicalities on this is from the fundamental i guess my point is that actually if you're not intending to do these things there's no harm in putting them into law your point is we've already said or sorry the conservative party have already said in their manifesto that they um that they won't do those things um so we just have to trust them well you need to put it into the appropriate law yeah that's, that's the but, base for me and this is where and as the, I, I've touched on it, and I, I should have brought more examples of this is happening on a weekly basis that people are putting spurious amendments onto bills, which we then vote down, which are then twisted as, you know, Tories vote to eat kittens or some other lurid headline that plays to the to the narrative. And and, and again, look, in terms of the is the NHS for sale? I don't think it's ever going to be for sale. But at some point, we've got to get over the politics to be able to say, well, what is the model that's sustainable?
you know, you touched on when the NHS was created. Mm-hmm. When the NHS was created, you started paying in because most people were working from 15, 16. You retired at 65 and you were dead by 73. So you got sort of eight years of cover when you weren't chipping in, having chipped in for the best part of 50 years. Well, now lots of the majority of people are in further education. So they're not starting to chip in until 18, 19, 20. They're retiring at 67. So, all right, there's two. So you're, you're still nearly enough the same paying. No, but, the, the, but we're living we're living till we're 82, 83. But the, the, the people that are retiring at 67 aren't the ones that didn't start full-time work until they were 18. And the ones that no, are working but, at but eight... This is, but and the, and the this age, is the point, isn't and it? it? And we can argue about that for a that The money that you and I have paid in via our national insurance and via... Isn't been kept in a shoebox. No, us. no, it's, it's not. not one the, with S. Sainsbury no, written no, the, the, no, I going to pay your pension. I agree when you that, turn sixty-seven. I agree. The biggest, the biggest lie is the is the impression that basically the go, it goes in and it's an invested. It's not a it's not a savings yeah. scheme. No. The payment, the receipts now are paying for the pensions that are being paid now. That's why we have actually the issues of demographics. Of thankfully, people are living longer. Um, yep. We actually have less workers because our birth rate went down um, and actually less of them are actually going into full-time work. And even the ones that are doing so are actually being paid so low uh, or actually on some uh, such unsecure work that are not actually able to contribute um, towards tax take. So the kind of the question means actually in this in this respect, yeah, I'm going to sound a bit like I've gone full full blown red on this. Um, this the 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 the. The free market system is eating itself because it is trying to pay for a socialized service, um, which is worth paying for, um, in a system where the cost, which is primarily the largest cost that most employers have, is is their is their is their staff, um, is that has actually been factored out. So by means of um, eroding security of employment by means of eroding actually the the wage levels of especially the people that are actually the youngest um, then what have they got to gain from actually starting to starting to pay into a pension when they're actually only five only earning five pounds an hour or whatever it is they're earning and you know at the end of the day we need to you're right we need to look at the system and look at how it works there are examples of how we can make it work more effectively um, from a, from across the continent. Um, there are lots of different examples for for us to follow, but f- part of the funding from this doesn't only need to come from national insurance receipts. There are other tax incomes that we could be receiving that would actually help us actually be de- be dealing with this. It's really interesting that you know when you when you kind of look at this, this isn't about people not working hard enough or people not paying what they should be doing as in the the, the workers because to be honest with you they don't have a choice they're on paye they either have yep. they're either earning enough to be able to pay or they're not earning anything or they're not earning anything secure enough to be able to pay on paye so those well, aren't so the people PAYE, you need to go to pay national insurance you know from pound one don't you i mean yeah, but the, if the, but the, if you're if you're look, if one week you're you're earning 40 hours and the next week you're earning five you're you're not you're you're your tax receipts, you know, your tax payments aren't going to be enough to actually um, pay for the uh, pay for the pension of the people that want yeah. to retire now. So, if I was being scurrilous at this point and wasn't no. in the interest of time, yeah, I'd point to that evil Lib Dem policy of raising the minimum threshold for paying income tax, which uh, 
we have so beautifully stolen, which means that the lowest paid don't pay tax. But um, that would be scurrilous of me. And in the interest of time, so you'd done our hour. So you'd rather see the people with the least actually pay more taxes than actually the people that are avoiding taxes that have actually the largest amount of the income. That's a different well, show. Well. <laughs> That's a different show. It's a whole different show. We need, we need to invite Cal back on if we're going to cover that one. Minutes and you've been listening to the Pompey Politics Podcast. Blue and yellow until we die. I'm Ian Tiny Morris. And I'm Simon Sansbury. We're all going on a summer holiday. No more podcast for a week or two. We're all going on a summer holiday. You can be Eunice Stubbs. Uh, no, I can't. I don't have the bone structure, but you realise we are still streaming. I'm going to stop yeah, it now. Absolutely. I'm thanks, Richard. Thanks very much, He's followers. We'll let, you, we'll let you know when we're, when we're coming back. And thank you very much for Ooh. your support.